you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First off, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Indians your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Indians is free and available on all platforms uh, and on all apps you might use. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Jeff Ellis, the host of Locked On Indians, as I have been for since the beginning. Before that, I was at 24-7 and Scout as their MLB prospect and draft analyst. Might have heard me on your daytime radio before a draft. I was in pretty much every city outside of New York and Cleveland. Uh, Detroit, Seattle, the worst interview. Should I tell you about the worst one? Should we do this? Uh, I believe it was Dallas. It might have been Arlington. Uh, it might have been Arlington. It was a Texas radio station where it's two days before the draft, and they have me come on and then ask me about the Rangers. And um, I wasn't following the Rangers. I didn't know much about the Rangers. It was the most awkward interview. I came in expecting to talk draft and who the Rangers might draft or prospects. The things that I was pitched on, uh, no, they wanted to talk about the Rangers. Uh, it went badly. It went very badly. I was like, I haven't been paying attention. I don't know their issues. Beltre is really good. So that's uh, kind of a, a humorous one, but uh, featured on John Stash Hour's ESPN uh, radio show on draft night. Uh, I, I Portland, I think I mentioned Seattle, uh, Los Angeles. Tampa. I was around. I did things. And then just about every blog in Cleveland, you can imagine. Sorry about the lack of show yesterday. Uh, someone was supposed to host and they were um, sick and unable to host, as sometimes happens. I know that's two in a week, but come on, let's be honest. I've been running this thing for, this is my third year, you know, my third season uh, behind the mic of Lockdown Indians. And we have never had multiple misses in a week before. So that it's a first time in, you know, like I said, three baseball seasons. So I hope you will cut us some slack. And again, I apologize for that. We've got two games to talk about. We have, it's hard to believe, the end of the season. Uh, there was an interesting article over on the baseball trade value that we can discuss. Uh, some more Rule 5 fever. And I think there's also some draft things. I've been getting it together with the draft. I'm going to have that uh, way too early mock ready to go on Monday. We'll discuss that on uh, Monday's show as well. But let's dive into these games, including a a real stinker. Uh, Avery, thank you first, Avery, uh, for saying, you know, because I tweeted out there wasn't going to be a show. And, and Avery is very kind. Avery is always very kind. Uh, we occasionally will, uh, I'm trying to think, what, oh, I know we get into it about. It's like we almost always agree. Avery does not like when I make jokes about the Indians and their their finances. Uh, that is where we disagree. But hey, if we agreed with everything, it would be boring, and uh, we uh, it, it just it wouldn't make good radio. So his response and the reason I bring him up here and I had to laugh was like it's okay. Besides, I don't want any more time spent on this stinker of a game. Anyways, uh, essentially, uh, maybe I should read his exact quote and not put words in his mouth. I'll pull it up here. But uh, don't worry, not interested in a recap of this one anyway. Take care of yourself first. We're always here when you feel you have something to say. Well, I guess I feel like I have something to say, and I'm sorry, you're getting the recap. Zach Plesak, uh is our pitcher in this one. I was trying to think. I think he might get one more start before the year is done. We know Quantrell is done. We know we're not getting any more Quantrell starts. Uh, today was Bieber's last start. Three games to go. We get a Morgan, a Savale. 
um, and a Tristan McKenzie. So this was also Plesak's final start. Uh, not a great way to end. Six innings, five earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts, uh, you know, 10 base runners, five runs, only one home run. Whitgren, not, you know, he'll probably get to pitch again, but I mean, he is digging his grave. I, I don't know how he made 2 million this year. Uh, and again, arbitration, he would make more. Uh, he went one inning, two runs on three hits and a walk. Justin Garza, uh, you know, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if Garza is not kept on the 40 man. I'll just put it out there. It would not shock me. Uh, he pitched one inning pitch, two hits, two runs, one walk, and a strikeout. I'm going to pause, and I'm just going to go look at those three pitchers on Baseball Savant and see if we have enough data for some conclusions. Without talking about Justin Garza, now there's not a ton of data for him. Uh, his max exit velocity is 60th. His fastball velocity is 45th percentile, and his spins 58. What stands out as interesting, though, is his fastball is a sinker. He throws that roughly 50% of the time. His next most used pitch is his cutter, which he throws his which he throws 30% of the time. You go down and you dig into the data. So he's also got a slider, a changeup, and a four-seam fastball. Uh, slider is about 8%, the changeup 8%, and the four-seam at 4%. And that's only 20 pitches. So that's one of those things where they might be reading the four four-seam, the 20 four, uh, the twenty pitches that were for four-seams might have really just been the singer. Sometimes that happens when you're looking at data like this. I would bet on that. Uh, but the cutter is his number two pitch. And what we see here is he gets murdered on that cutter. It's his number two pitch. It's his main secondary offering. It's got decent spin data. Uh, his fastball's got decent spin data as I look at it as well. But uh, batting average is 313, slugging a 531, expected slugging a 537. Uh, where was I looking here? Uh, go down even further on the cutter. Hard hit 70% of the time. When he throws that cutter, which he throws 30% of the time, that's his number two pitch. That's his primarily... Uh, secondary pitch, and it gets hard hit 70% of the time. All the data is bad on it. So I, I do, when you look at a stat like run value, now run value is a way to try to quantify these pitches in a way, and you look at you know, players who've had really good negative run values this year. It's like Carlos Rondon is at the top. Who's got the highest positive run value? It's Jake Arrieta. So I think looking at those lists, Zach Plesak, by the way, fourth on his four-seamer. It's one of the worst pitches in baseball this year uh, in terms of uh, uh, what it will do for uh, your team as a pitcher. You you don't want a positive value. Uh, all of Garza's pitches rate a positive value. Uh, the changeup is the worst, followed by the slider, which is the problem because you already said the cutter isn't very good. Basically, Garza right now does not have a usable secondary pitch. And that's why they are where they are. The fastball is solid. It's a okay pitch. It's probably a 55-grade fastball. It's slightly above average. But none of the other ones are really doing enough to be successful. The four-seamer does have the highest graded value, which, again, makes sense if that four-seamer is really just the sinker with some a few bad data drops. So I, just a long way of saying I know we're barely uh, into this first game. But Garza, just saying he's someone to watch. Oh, Zach Plesak, I had no idea what to make of you. I, it's crazy to look at his data from year to year because if you're like, okay, so Plesak must have been uh, juice in the baseball. But last year, his fastball spin was 12th percentile and his curveball spin was 8th. This year, he's 11 for fastball and 2 for curves. So very slight drop. Uh, he just He's getting hit a lot harder. I don't know if they're picking it up more or what, but... Uh, 
last year the hard hit was low, exit velocity slugging. Now his chase rate was much higher, so I'm not sure what has changed for him. And we go down and we talk about his quality of pitches. Maybe I shouldn't go too far into this. Uh, you know, last year in 2020, he had like a negative nine on his slider. His slider is a negative seven this year. It's still a quality pitch, just not quite as good. The problem is that four-seamer, which last year was close to average, uh, not great, but close to average, is now really bad. And that four-seamer, it's one of the worst pitches in baseball, and he throws it 41% of the time. So his fastball is just, it's flat. It doesn't spin, and it's easy to pick up. And I don't know why it was harder to pick up last year. I don't know if there was something he was doing that hid the ball. It wasn't spinning that much more. Uh, the curveball had a big spin. The fastball spin is down by one percentage. That's nothing. That is negligible. That could just be a few more guys in the league who throw who have better spin rate than him. That could honestly be that change. So it's very weird to see that issue, uh, to, to have that dramatic of a change on his fastball. As for Whitgren, I mean, average exit velocity, he has the worst in baseball. He has the highest average exit velocity in baseball. Uh, much like Plesak, the one advantage there is the walk percentage. And he's always been a player where you look at it and you know data does not support uh, performance. But again, the changeup is his issue. The changeup uh, last year was a negative one. In 2019, it was a negative one run value. Uh, you go back to 2018, it was a six. And that was the year he got cut by, um, or you know, where the uh, Marlins decided to get rid of him at the end of that year. It's a nine this year. That is a high. Uh, you go and you look at his overall pitch mix. He uses that 24% of the time. That's his number two pitch off the four-seamer, then a slider and a cutter. And the other pitches are okay. Uh, you know, the slider isn't great, but it's his fourth pitch. His reliever, you're almost never going to use it. He's used it 103 times. Cutter has a negative value, which you want to see on these. The fastball has a negative value. It's just the changeup has been really bad. Uh, I, do we have a spin rate on that? We may not. He may not have found enough to, to get a spin rate, but something is not right with his change uh, relative to where it has been. It, the changeup is out of whack in a way that really it hasn't been since he's come to Cleveland. And you know, before this year, that was, wasn't necessarily a great pitch, but it was a reliable pitch. This year, he just gets teed off on it, and that's part of the reason uh, he is maybe not long for this organization. But uh, yeah, that's the pitching. Uh, I'm sorry, Avery. Like you don't need to rehash this, and I'm going deep on this one. Let's dive offensively. Who reached base twice in this game? Well, you had Harold Ramirez, Yu Chen Chang, and Austin Hedges, the names you expect to hear, as well as Oscar Mercado and uh, Fran Mil Reyes. They had two walks. You go through the box score, 11 hits and two walks. That's 13 opportunities. Uh, there were four wild pitches by the Indians. Wowie zowie. Uh, so 14 opportunities, five runs. That's that's not awful. They had 11 hits and an error, so that gives them 12. Oh, a hit batter gives them 13, and five walks gives them 18. 10 on 18 is really good, but they also had uh, just the one home run. They had a bunch of doubles. Uh, an ugly game. Let's let's quickly move through. No one in the bullpen deserves a three star for this, so let's give it to. Uh, let's see. Rosario Chang gets one because he had two hits, and one of them was an extra base hit. Uh, let's just give it to the guys who each had two hits. Harold Ramirez, Yu Chen Chang, make sure nobody had an error, and Austin Hedges. Those are your three stars in this one. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and talk about uh, Shane Bieber's final start. Kind of a sad thing to say. Last night for a midnight snack, 
I had my Built Bar puff, the banana cream puff, uh, pie puff. Now you can't get that right now, but you can get the mint marshmallow, and I really recommend those puffs. Those are a favorite of mine. You can still get the cherry lime as well, and you got to pay attention. I debated it, and I missed out on the pretzel flavor. It was gone in like six hours. Uh, this, this, I was like, oh, man, that sounded amazing. Uh, things pop up. You never know what you're going to be able to find, what you're going to get, what deals are going to occur, uh, and when things will come back and go away. But I'll tell you right now, uh, the cherry limeade is still there. It is not sold out. Uh, things like the, the pretzel flavor that sell out super quick, those come back sooner. Cherry lime... It's moving a little slower, but I mean, they do everything well. This isn't to ding them. This is because I love them. All of their products are good. It's delicious. It's good for you. Go to Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCK15. That is what I use when I place my orders. And I place my orders because it's delicious, it's nutritious, and plain and simply, it is the best tasting protein bar I've ever tried. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Indians your first listen every day. We're still going to cover the second game of the series. Uh, and win in the end of Shane Bieber and make your second listen. Uh, I'm always going to recommend Sully over at the MLB flagship show. So let's dig into this game. Uh, sadly, as I said, Shane Bieber's final start of the year. Uh, it is still occurring as I'm recording. Tried to slow play a little. Uh, currently, it is a 6-1 to affair for the Cleveland Indians beating the Royals in this. Uh, Kyle Zimmer on the mound, we did not get more brother-on-brother brother home runs. Uh, well, we did, like I said, let's get a Bieber start. Sorry, I'm, I'm hating the box scores in the game day app right now. I'm just having a bit of a fight. So Bieber did not, uh, wasn't quite as sterling as the previous start last Friday uh, against the White Sox. Three innings again, they're limiting him. He went, gave up one run on four hits, no walks, and a strikeout. And Logan Allen, who I don't think will be with this team, uh, I think he's a high designated for assignment candidate. Uh, pitched three innings, gave up four hits, two strikeouts. That's a strong final perform. Well, he's still got three games this weekend to pitch him, but I think uh, he's nearing his end times with the Indians. Sam Henches, one inning, one hit. He has been pitching pretty well out of this pen, given the opportunities. Anthony Ghost uh, had one inning, one walk, one strikeout. Let's take a second and give some credit to Henches. I have ran him down through the course of this year and when someone's doing well I want to praise them when they're stinking up the joint I don't have a problem calling them out that's just the way I go and play so Henches you know he was forced into that starting role he's one of those classic guys looks better than he is in terms of the stuff is there but he doesn't fool anyone and for him though since he's moved to this bullpen role uh, he gave up on the 10th against Milwaukee two earned runs and then, you know, in August, it was not great. But in September, when he's been in this role, he's had, let's count them out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight opportunities. And in seven of those eight opportunities, he has not given up a run. And in, what, four of those eight, he hasn't even given up a hit. This is probably his ideal role. This is probably where you'd like to see him. Does it save him? Maybe. He's a lefty. He throws hard. Uh, if you just decide to profile him as a reliever, it's logical. And again, it makes sense. If you're going to retain him, I think he's at least making you think about it. Like he was a player I thought they'll move on from. But you know, And his curveball spins. Like His fastball doesn't have a high spin. His curveball was 58th this year. His fastball velocity was 68. 
Uh, if we'd go down, like I talked about with our other pitchers, and just look at the data uh, in terms of those pitches and their value scores, the problem is that fastball, it's just, I mean, it's a 14-run value this year. It has given up a lot. Uh, it's one of, it's almost as bad as Plesak's fastball. Uh, it's an ugly pitch. It's one that guys can clearly see, square up on, and he throws it hard, but it's a straight pitch. There's just not enough to it. It doesn't matter how hard you throw up it straight, and that's always going to limit him uh, because that is such a, a negative. Now, that curveball we talked about, it's got good spin. Well, it's got a negative three value. That's a really strong pitch. Uh, the problem, though, again, is the curveball gets thrown 25% of the time. The four seam, the fastball, you know, fastball always sets up everything else. That gets thrown 42% of the time. Slider is at 23 and he also had a sinker, which is probably also just uh, an issue. The sinker is probably the four seam getting misread uh, in that because it, it's got a run per run value of 100, about the same as the four seamer. Uh, the slider is not great, uh, but the curveball is a legit good pitch. I don't know, um, you know, if you just make him a two pitch guy with the curveball and the four seamer, and maybe there's a chance it could play up some more, but it is a limited profile for him. But again, he's doing enough to at least make someone like myself debate if, uh, you know, is he for sure someone you take off the roster or not? That has been something I've debated. Emmanuel Classe is in the game pitching in the ninth right now. And I believe he just recorded his first out via strikeout. There's a big surprise. So this game is essentially in its, its death throws. Is that, did I go too dark there? Let's talk about who's, uh, who's reached base twice so far in this one. Sorry, it's just always distracting. Oh, no, he hasn't struck out because those were it was a foul ball. But uh, when you see like three 100-mile-an-hour pitches, Class A is something special. Uh, Straw had two hits and a walk. He reached base twice in this one. Jose Ramirez had two hits. And as I go down the box score, uh, Oscar Mercado had a hit and a walk. That's, again, that's what Mercado brings. He's definitely, in terms of patience and eye at the plate, one of the better ones of those fourth outfield candidates. And he's got ten, his 10th double of the year. Zimmer had his ninth. Jose Ramirez had his fifth triple. Uh, it's just kind of funny to see Mercado also had a stolen base. I, man, remember when Mercado was it? He was the answer. And I hate to be right in these situations where I'm like, man, I worry about those streaky types. And that's that's where it is with Mercado. And, and now I, I'm curious to see. I, I would not be heartbroken, honestly. Call me crazy. You've got Zimmer, you got Daniel Johnson, you got Mercado, you got Harold Ramirez. They're all very similar. I've talked about it. I think Bradley Zimmer is a good fourth outfielder. Uh, the right team, especially because he can play a good defensive center field, and that has value. I mean, that's why the Indians went out and traded for Miles Straw. That's his primary value driver. Now, what he has done in terms of getting on base since he arrived has been phenomenal and better than anyone expected. But to a team like maybe the Mets who have a, a lack of center field options, I think there might be some slight trade value there. Uh, this is my long way of saying Daniel Johnson, I believe, will still have one option. The other players will not. I would be fine if they cut Mercado Ramirez and Zimmer. As much as I have been the Zimmer defender, I'm just going to go out and say it. Like I would be cool with three roster spots opening right there for players. Uh, overall in this game, uh, let's add up the box score, which is always hard to do. Uh, nine hits, but two errors for Kansas City, so that's 11 opportunities. The Indians had three walks, so 14 opportunities, six runs. That's pretty good for a team. It's very good for a team that did not have a home run. And hey, uh, Class A finally got the strikeout. It just took, uh, let's see, that was six strikes later uh, to get there. 
But to get uh, on those opportunities to get the six runs, that is strong. For the Royals, they had nine hits and one walk, so 10 opportunities, and to get one run, that is not so good. Uh, let's be honest there. That is a very low uh, outcome of success for their team based on what they had. With this win, the and again, maybe they'll come back. Uh, it, nothing's decided yet. The Indians will be 78 and 81. Uh, next loss they have will make it impossible for them to reach 500. They are currently still sitting at the 15th spot in the draft. Now, the interesting thing is uh, San Diego has lost five in a row. With this win, the Indians will be just half a game up on San Diego. So if San Diego really bombs over the weekend, San Diego will end with a worse record than the Indians. Uh, the Indians can really draft no worse than 16th. Uh, they could, it's very unlikely, they could draft as high as 12th. Uh, but they will draft no lower than 16, so somewhere between 12 to 16. And again, the only reason it's 12 to 16 instead of 11 to 15 is the New York Mets failing to sign Kumar Rocker. Uh, side note, Colorado has actually been pretty respectable in the second half, which a lot of people might have missed. Colorado, uh, with their win today and Kansas City's loss, Colorado's going to have the 10th pick in the draft. For a team that many of us thought would be the worst team in baseball this year, uh, we can argue about the trades and everything else they've made, but... They've played pretty well uh, if you haven't been paying attention. Uh, not great if you have the 10th pick in the draft, but not as bad as we all thought. Three stars in this one. I'm realizing I had the wrong box information uh, to some degree because Jose Ramirez did not reach base twice. Harold Ramirez reached base twice in this one, uh, as did Oscar Mercado and Miles Straw. So those are your three players who reached base twice in this game. Uh, Mercado had an extra base hit, a stolen base, a sack fly. Let's give him one of the, the players of the game. Uh, the best pitching performance was Logan Allen. Two strikeouts, four hits over three innings. Uh, let's give him one of the stars. And it comes down to, honestly, Shane Bieber with one run over three innings on four hits and a strikeout, or Miles Straw, two hits, one walk, reaching base three times. I think I'm going to give it to Bieber. It's it's a tough debate for that, but I think at the end of the day, one run over three innings, another fantastic start by the Beebs means that uh, those are your three stars in this one. Uh, when the game ends officially, I will throw that in in segment three, but we're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come back and talk about these Rule 5 decisions again, something that is always near and dear to my heart. Talk about one of our fantastic sponsors, betonline.ag. And as we have done all year, it's going to be hard when the Indians aren't playing. We can't go to our old favorite for them and just look and see what the line is, what they favor. So Friday's matchup, we have Eli Morgan on the mound against Sam Howard. Uh, and Sam Howard, even though it's... I thought it was... It's at Texas. It just threw me at a 7.05 start for... Being, but I guess Texas is the same time. Whatever. Moving through. Uh, even though Howard is the uh, home player, he gets the run. Eli Morgan at negative one and a half. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10 foot pole. Uh, I could see it going either way. It's not a great environment for Morgan. Uh, if I were to lean anyway, I would lean into Howard, but I don't like that either. So I'm going to lean out of that game as far as I can. Uh, remember right now we have the special deal NFL 100 gets you a hundred percent match. I've never heard of anything like that before. You're going to want to go to betonline.ag to check that out for yourself. It is a fantastic deal. And like I said, if you can imagine it, you can bet on it over at betonline.ag, our official sponsor for all things of that like. And now let's talk about getting upside in baseball. You always want to get upside, get that upside prospect. 
And hey, Indians fans, this is Jeff Ellis with the Incredible app for everyone who buys gas and that you need to know about it. Get upside. My listeners can make up to 25 cents every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code BASEBALL to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account, and you can cash out whenever you want to your bank account, PayPal, or get an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code BASEBALL to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's BASEBALL. And again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen every day. And we will be back with you on Monday looking at the final baseball games of the season and discussing my way-too-early mock draft. Uh, now for your second listen of the day, how about I recommend going to check out the Lockdown Browns podcast as they prepare for a big weekend showing as this team continues to try to be Cleveland's payoff representative this year. So I was talking to Justin Lotta. Uh, we it, just DMing back and forth about stuff. Uh, if people missed it, I thought it was very interesting. Kieran Lovegrove uh, came out as bisexual today. Um, now, if that's something that bothers you, I don't know what to say to you. Kieran Lovegrove uh, was always a fantastic interview. This is a guy who started a charity to give uh, like gently used baseball equipment to uh, like Africa and children in need. And that, that's what he did as a high schooler. Like This is just a stand-up dude who started a charitable organization to get equipment to people in need. And was always a great dude, great interview. Um, I, it was always sad it didn't work out for him. He's one of the good guys in the system. We have to mention it uh, because it is news. But it's just, it's who he, in my view, it's who he is. It's who he was born as. And I, my focus is more like he's just a good dude. That's all that really matters in the end to me. Uh, you know who's good and not when you spend time around a minor league team. Everyone knows everyone's business and everyone loves to tell you everyone's business. Uh, I never heard about this, about Kieran. I had heard about it, about players at various points. Um, I will not out anyone because uh, I'm not a jerk. I'd heard about other people at times. Uh, never heard about Kieran. He kept that very uh, tight. Uh, but I think, again, I, I want to celebrate the... This is a dude who's trying to fight. He's retired now. He's trying to fight to get minor leaguers better uh, pay and just a better living situation. He's someone who, again, tried to get gear for baseball in the hands of, you know, extremely poor children. Uh, that is the type of stand-up dude Kieran Lovegrove is. So let's just start there by uh, taking a second. And I'm glad that he felt comfortable enough to be able to take that moment and and talk about who he is. So uh, again, he's just a good dude, and uh, I am going to support anything he does or says because. In my experience in interviews and knowing people who've known him, uh, you know, he he walks the walk. Now that I've said that, let's talk some minor leagues since Kieran is someone who does so much for minor league players. So I kind of recently revamped my Rule 5 thing, and I've been very honest about this. So I think 
you know, you got the two free agents in Shaw and um, Parker. You offer them invites to camp because once you get to the end of spring training, you can put guys on the 60-man. It makes it a little bit easier to start maneuvering things. Uh, so that's two open spots. I talked about I'm willing – I'd prefer to keep Zimmer. So Mercado, uh, maybe – he's someone who might have some trade value. I don't think Harold Ramirez does. So Mercado, Harold Ramirez, sorry, you guys are on. So that's four open spots uh, right there. Uh, if Mejia can't get an extra option, I move on from him. So that gives me five. Whitgren makes six. Logan Allen makes seven. Now, I tweeted out today and got some good feedback. Kind of my updated list of, you know, who to consider. So I think the must-haves, Quan Freeman, Richie Palacios, Brian Levestida, Cody Morris, George Valera, Brian Rocchio, and Joey Cantillo. So that's eight spots. Uh, the hard maybes are Tenya, Pilkington, uh, Noel, and Scott. And the guys I'd hate to lose are Fermin, Broom, Gonzalez, and Bracho. Bracho would maybe... No, Bracho isn't even a maybe for me at this point. Uh, so I'm kind of tempted to move Pilkington up. He's kind of the big debate at this point. So I would still need to move two more players off this Indians 40-man. Of course, the other problem too right now is, you know, to get Bieber on this... Uh, roster they opened a 40-man spot by moving nick sandland to the 60-day disabled list uh, so if we quickly look at the 60-day disabled list you have wilson ramos nick sandland and josh naylor all on the 60-day uh or no uh ramos is only on the 10-day so but either way ramos wouldn't be back it doesn't well it matters in the regard that that opens one roster spot so to quickly recap eight to nine guys that must be added in my opinion Two players that must be taken from the 60-day disabled list and put back on the roster. So let's start right there. We know that Parker and Shaw will be free agents. That takes care of the two guys who need to be added back on the 60-man. Ramos uh, will likely be let go. And since you need to add Lavastida, that's a catcher for a catcher right there. Say, again, I don't think they bring back Roberto Perez. I think he is too expensive for what he is. So that opens up a spot now for Freeman. See Harold Ramirez and Mercado. I'm good moving off. So there we got Steve Kwan as an outfielder. George Valera as an outfielder. Uh, Logan Allen, Nick Wickren from the pen can both go away. And that opens up a spot for Cantillo and Morris. Uh, for Brian Rocchio, we can get rid of Alex Young, who's now back in the minors. I don't really think he's a lefty with much of a future with the Indians, as it were. Uh, Richie Palacios. Let's get rid of Mejia. Let's get uh, Mejia here. And then if we choose to keep Connor Pilkington, Yu Chen Chang, because the problem with both Mejia and Chang is they're out of options. Uh, that still leaves someone like Henches as a chance to continue to see how he could transition as a reliever. And if it doesn't work out, then it's another relatively easy 40-man spot to open up. Other players who we should really consider as, again, Justin Garza is a very borderline guy for reasons we discussed in the first segment of the show. Cam Hill hasn't been called back up, uh, didn't pitch at all in the majors this year after his car accident, and didn't have a lot of success when he was down there. Uh, Scott Moss never got an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues this year, and when he did pitch, it was not the sharpest. So there's, for as much as we discussed this 40-man, there's a lot of chaff. Now, you can't just add 15 rookies. This is adding nine young players, which is still a lot. Because uh, you guys have guys like Hankins and Vargas who are on the 40-man and missed all of this year due to injury. But I think these are—you can debate them, and that's what I'll leave it to you. Debate me. Are these the names you want? I know Johnsky Noel comes up, but corner infielders in the lower minors is a very, very rare occurrence. Uh, that is what I will say there. I want to thank you all for listening uh, daily. That's huge rush for us. Woo. 
rating and reviewing and everything else. Uh, I just want to thank my fantastic fans who listen. You are a great group of peeps. And yes, I use the word peeps. Uh, For the next year, go tribe. After that, go, go, guardians, go.